Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. My guest on this week's show is John Fitzpatrick, the well-known Irish hotelier in New York. He owns the Fitzpatrick Manhattan and the Fitzpatrick Grand Central, both of which will be well-known to Irish visitors to New York City. The Manhattan Hotel has been closed since COVID hit, but as John tells me, it will shortly reopen, due in large part to the success of the vaccine rollout program in the United States since Joe Biden became president. John also explains the financial impact of COVID-19 on his hotel group, gives his view on Ireland's decision to force US travellers into mandatory hotel quarantine, and relates his own personal experience of receiving two doses of a COVID vaccine. He also gives me his prediction for when Irish visitors might return to New York in large numbers. John is currently on a trip home to Ireland, and I began by asking him about the gradual reopening of the economy in New York. John, you wrote an article for the Irish Times, which appeared last Monday, in which you were talking about the reopening of New York and how you're beginning to see a lot more people out and about on the streets. And that's all down to the speed of the, the vaccine programme. It is indeed. And first of all, thanks for having me on. Yeah, look, it's big changes in New York. I mean, it'll slow. Don't get me wrong. We're um, taking it step by step. But it's all happened really, I think, in the last six to eight weeks uh, since the vaccine rollout. You know, um, before Christmas, I remember, you know, well, what will happen and will we open up and will we get anybody to, you know, come in for Christmas even? And we thought with the Christmas week, that was in it, that people will definitely come in for Christmas shopping, even from Long Island or whatever. But no, they didn't. And I think it's that fear um, of just staying in a hotel or traveling or whatever. But it's amazing. In the last six weeks, um, right after Christmas, it just really started to take off. And that was because of vaccines. I mean, at the moment, there's 125 million have in the United States have received a vaccine. And, you know, if you work that out, it's roughly 22 million vaccines a week. And, and that really relates to about 50% of all adults now have received their first vaccine. And that's what's given us the confidence. In New York City alone, they're doing 70,000 vaccines a day. So we can see now that, you know, it gives people confidence. I, I know myself, I've had them. And it's even after the first one, you feel that sense of freedom or, you know, not tense. And we, we didn't realize it, but the last year we are kind of mentally tensed about it too and worried about what we're doing and what we're touching and where we're going. So it does. And it has really made people to give them the confidence. I mean, especially see a lot of elderly people 
now out walking the streets at night time, going to restaurants and um, coming into the hotels. And it is definitely, definitely an improvement. Yeah, now, John, you've had your two doses. Was it Pfizer or AstraZeneca or Moderna? What, what did you have? Well, I didn't have much choice. <laughs> you know, you, you, when you get called, you go, but it was Moderna. And um, most of all my employees had it before me. So some of them got Pfizer and some of them got Moderna. But fine, it was perfect. Uh, first one, no effects at all. Second one, yeah, you felt a bit the next day. You felt like, you know, a bit fluey. And it lasted uh, for about 24 hours and then it was fine. So, um, you know, and all my employees have now got it. Um, if they haven't got that, Moderna, some of them want to wait for the Johnson & Johnson with the one jab and they've got that. So, it, no, it is really moving along very well. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the pandemic and the impact on your hotels, John. You've got two hotels in Manhattan and as I understand it, you reduced it down to, you closed one, you kept one open. How did that go for you? Well, look, it was a bit of trial and error at the beginning. It, it, we, as we all know, it happened very, very quickly. Um, all in a matter of a week or so when this, we had to make a decision after the shutdown, which one would we leave open and, you know, or well, we should we leave the one on 57th open or the one on 44th? But we picked uh, Fitzpatrick Grand Central because for two reasons. One, as I mentioned, we had the Aer Lingus crew staying with us and we would have had to disrupt them if we, if we shut that hotel down. So we decided to consolidate everything into that hotel. And it worked out actually very well for us because... Um, there's a the bar is very and the restaurant is much larger in that hotel and it also has that great outdoor space which we didn't know at the time would become so valuable to us so we kept that um opened and but very little business i mean we kept for frontline workers city workers and um you know visiting doctors or anything like that but it was very bad i mean it just lasted on i think you know, we ran 90%, as you know, we run over boat hotels, which we're very lucky to, went down to, on that hotel, down to something like 10, 15%. Right, okay. So a big a big hit there. In financial terms, John, what did your revenues drop by last year as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, look, before COVID, our, our revenues were 25 million. And then could we ever think that we would drop a year later to 1.86 1.8 million. It was just a decline of 90%. Total disaster. But like we said, everybody is the same. There's over, in New York City, there's over now 400 hotels that have closed down um, and we don't know how many of them will reopen. Wow. A 90% decline in revenue. I mean, that really is precipitous. How did you cope with that? What happened to staff, for example? Were they, were they furloughed? What kind of government supports were available in the US? Yeah, well, you know, I've employed 155 between the two hotels and then we had to furlough most of them. I think we end up only having about 30 staff uh, work for us during the whole COVID problem. And now even back when we're up to about 42, now we're hoping to open Manhattan on the 26th of April. But it was, they had to be furloughed. There was no, um, this is what I was kind of very jealous of my sister back in Ireland and all the hotels because the Irish government did a great job of helping out there. We got zero help. Um, we got a short, what they call a PPP money. Um, but that was only for a period of six weeks to help and pay employees. But that was no good to us. So now, the, you know, since the new year, there's 
they've now re a new stimulus package that came out um, in January. And then also with our new administration, um, President Biden has really focused in on, on getting businesses back up and running. So we got as now we've got a, a help with employees again, which will last for 26 weeks, which is a, a savior, an absolute savior to the industry. John, St. Patrick's Day would have been very good for your business traditionally over the years, and you've missed out on the last two St. Patrick's Days, essentially, haven't you? And indeed, Christmas periods and summer vacations and all of that. Yeah, you know, when it happened, it was coming up to the week of St. Patrick's Day and we were getting ready for which is our busiest weekend of the year. And, uh, you know, we ended up shutting down two days before even the bar. So we did, and I think I mentioned that we did $200 on St. Patrick's Day and bar revenue, which we nearly at the time just were such shocked because it's a huge income. Now this year, just again to show you, where we were still way down, but we ended up doing about 10,000 in the bar revenue that day because people were coming out and the vaccine rollout was beginning to take off. So that was the kind of a first sign. But no, disaster. Christmas bookings gone. I mean, it's until you actually experience it and it's all over the world. It's not just in New York, but I think everybody in any business that has suffered, especially in the tourism and the restaurant business, never could envisage of standing in the lobby of your hotel with the lights all off. It just, it was, it's something that we're glad we're moving away from, but it'll, it'll stick in your mind for a long time. John, how does this compare to 9-11? Because obviously that was a, that had a major impact on the hospitality industry uh, when it happened um, back in, what, 2001? Yeah, you see, with 9-11, again, it was a shock. It just happened and it was a big shock, you know, with the, the loss of lives as well. But, at least with 9-11, you know, after three or four days or a week, you know, when you, when, as, the, as they say, the dust settled, but in many ways the dust settled, you could regroup and know it was just New York City where the rest of the world kind of came in and simply behind you and you knew by the support you got that, you know, business would be return eventually and people wanted to book conferences and meet, meetings and just wanted to get back to New York when they was safe a few months later. But here we are, this epidemic is worldwide. No, I'm no different than anybody else. And, you know, it's only when you turn on the television, you can see all different countries around the world exactly the same as we are. So that's the difference. And also the long term, not knowing when a vaccine was going to come. I think that was an, a, another serious issue that we all had sitting back and in the meantime trying to, you know, your your doors are closed in one hotel, they're open in the other and nobody coming in. So you had to try everything. So we thought maybe office space, maybe, you know, um, different areas for students' accommodation we tried. And then I said at one stage, Lennox Hill Hospital called me and said, you know, we may need to move our maternity ward out because we're getting so many COVID patients. And um, Would you give up your hotel? And we said, of course we would, uh, to a maternity ward. But thank God that didn't happen because the numbers didn't climb as high as they had expected in New York. So, you know, but you realize and you tried everything and nothing worked. That's I think, was probably the kind of frustrating thing, that no matter what you tried, nothing came, nothing worked. And we all realize now it's just down to the vaccine and we can see the difference since that's been introduced. John, how did New York as a city, how did it cope with the pandemic? How did they handle it? Because there's a mayor in New York, isn't there? And there's also a governor. Uh, so politically, how was it handled? And of course, you had Donald Trump as well uh, at national level. Yeah, well, it was like the, I called it the Bermuda Triangle because you had the mayor the, and the governor, which, you know, 
in history, it goes back. The mayor and the governor of the city never get on. They're always fighting about something. But this was a little bit above and beyond because we, our mayor, I think, is just a little bit out of out of his depth and as far as New York is concerned and how he handled it. Where the governor was very good, the governor was able to you know do his best. But then the governor then was fighting with Donald Trump, and then Trump got his nose out of joint and um, stopped federal money. Um, blocked federal money coming in to help New York. So we were getting hit at all angles. But thank God with the new administration, um, everybody has settled down. The mayor and the governor and, you know, uh, and President Biden has just put a sense of calm to, I think this is very important, that you feel now you're living in a country that, uh, you know, some resemblance of what it was like, you know, except for the last four years. The last four years was just, if it wasn't a pandemic, it was something else you were going to read in the paper about and what else were you going to read about what's going on in Washington. So I think um, the president, don't get me wrong, he has a lot to solve and he's a lot to look after at the moment and take care of and resolve. He gives you the sense of calm and he's in control and it just helps, you know, it just really helps the whole feeling and of moving forward. So you talked about Manhattan Hotel opening later this month. Um, what kind of business are you hoping for when that happens? Well, that's a good question because we were just sitting around when we decided to open the books and open the the, the lines for, Belf, uh, for for 57th Street. We said, How we, what are we going to do now? Because the other hotel is open and it's never closed. Will Manhattan take months to build up? But we have noticed that the amount of business we have on the books for Grand Central for May is exactly the same as we have for 57th Street. So it's picking up the same amount, even though it's been closed. Now we're 10 blocks up and we're closer to Fifth Avenue, or sorry, to Central Park and Fifth Avenue as well. So we're hoping that we'll pick up um, a, diff- a different type of business. And, you know, and look, thank God there is some corporate, but most of our business we feel for the next few months and for the summer will be leisure. In a normal year, John, how much of your business would have been made up of travellers from Ireland and the UK? Well, look, we're very lucky. We get great support from the Irish. And it's, since the day we opened, we're about 25%, 30% of our business is from Ireland. And I, I do know, listening to them and talking to them, you know, that when um, Ireland gets moving again, like ourselves, and we all move and, and this international travel a ban is lifted, I know we will be very, New York will be the first to be the first one of the first destinations, I think, for the Irish. Yeah, and I know the UK is an important market for you too. So I'm just wondering, in terms of forward bookings, any Irish have any Irish booked with you yet? Let's say for for the summer months. Yeah, it's great. Um, not for the summer months because again, we don't know what's happening in Ireland, and I think they're all waiting to see it. But we've definitely got bookings for September, October, November onwards. And now, not huge bookings, but you know, our regulars and the repeat visitor people just call. Can we book now? Have we had? People call us and try and book for, for June and July. Yes, they have. But as we all know, it's not really up to um, us in that stage. It's going to be international travel. Will President Biden open it? I'm hoping, and this is just my opinion, is that we hope if everything goes well across Europe, it's not just the United States. It's no point us all being vaccinated um, and then Europe is still left behind. So we're hoping that they can catch up. And I'd say by September, because I think the biggest start for the season in the United States and New York is is UN week. 
now if we can get it open for UN Week because I think a lot of world leaders will want to come um, and meet President Biden and I'm sure President Biden will want to meet all world leaders to get us all back together again. So I think the UN is the kind of date we're looking at. Yeah, sure. Now we're just about to introduce a mandatory hotel quarantine here for travellers from the United States. What's your view on that, John? Look, I can understand um, in a way because Ireland, especially, I mean, you guys have been in lockdown since Christmas Eve and how the Irish people are handling this is amazing. So, you know, we've got to take all precautions. I can understand taking all precautions, but I think they also will have to though, look at people that have been vaccinated. Um, I know myself when I returned to the States, um, I had to do quarantine and the same as here, you had to have a test before you left. And when you got back to New York, you had to quarantine for 14 days. And by the way, it's strict over there. They called to your door. I've had the NYPD knock on my apartment door checking it. So it's done very strict. But now going back, um, once I've had my vaccine, I've received my vaccine passport. It's on your phone. It's an app that's sent to you. So you present it uh, wherever you go. And now when I go back, all I have to do is a three day. After, after three days, I must just get a, a test um, to be double sure. And it's kind of a safety. So I think something like that should be introduced here. Um, I mean, what's the point of getting vaccinated, vaccinated if, if there's no if there's no way we can move forward. So I think we have to trust the vac- vaccination. I know that they work. There is that risk that, you know, people that are vaccinated can carry. Um, and that's something we have to worry about. But if they do a, a, a test three days after or, you know, four days after, that should be enough to let people move again slowly. But again, those who haven't been vaccinated, I understand, you know, they should be, have to quarantine for a moment. Yeah, and of course, the other issue, John, is the restoration of transatlantic flights. And obviously, I, I don't think any of the American carriers, for example, are coming here at the minute. And Aer Lingus has obviously had to trim its uh, schedule as well. So what are you hearing in relation to uh, flights restarting down the road? Well, you know, it's, there's some good news because we see that American Airlines, we deal with them ourselves and things, are they all waiting just to see when things open again? Um, and then I think also Aer Lingus, I, I hear, are running on the other way, the other way, are actually starting a flight from Manchester to, to the States. So they've got, you know, they're very confident that when the vaccine does roll out properly and people get vaccinated, that they will come back. But I do think that there is no doubt about it. When we are all allowed to travel again, the first thing people do is jump on an airplane. It really is. I mean, I was walking down a, a, the beach here at Christmas with one, a very good friend, and I'm, an airplane flew over our head, and it looked up, and the person said to me, oh, my God, I wish I was on that plane. And I looked up, and I said, but you're, how do you know where the plane's going? And the other person said, I don't care where it's going. I just want to be on it. And I think that's the feeling most people have. Let's, they want to get traveling once it's safe again. Yeah, sure. And uh, Broadway due to reopen in September, I guess that'll be a big kicker for business in New York. Karen, glad you mentioned that because that will be the main kicker. It is amazing how much Broadway and New York is, New York depends on Broadway. And we just heard there recently in the last couple of days that they're actually vaccinating all um, Broadway at the moment, um, making sure they're they are done because September and it will be reduced numbers. Don't get me wrong at the moment. Everything is open, but it's at reduced numbers and everybody is behaving themselves. And as long as that happens, but Broadway, they say it'll be 50%. And um, so that's the start. That really is a big, important part for us. But cinemas now are open in New York. They opened the last week, but it's down to something like 30 or 40%. 
indoor dining is at 50% and the weather's getting good. So um, outdoor, is, it's, in, it's in the nice 20s at the moment. So it's working very well. But we walked, we worked through the whole winter with outdoor dining because the mayor la- allowed us to build outdoor kind of spaces with heaters and things like that, but enclosed to a point. So it worked and um, things are definitely moving in the right direction. One of the successes, I suppose, in the US, as you say, since President Biden came in has been the pace at which the vaccine program has moved. It's really accelerated there over the past couple of months, whereas in Ireland and indeed across the EU, it's, it's kind of going at a snail's pace and people are getting really, really frustrated. On the outside looking in, are you surprised that it's taken us so long to get these vaccines uh, out o- over this side of the Atlantic? Look, it's it's... You know, it's hard to, to know what, why it's taken so long in one way and then you understand the other way. Ireland especially is part of Europe and I think their hands are tied with the Europeans. I think the Europeans probably could have done it a little bit better, European Union and how they handled it. But And I, I, I think it's, un, it's unfair. I know they complain about it. People say, oh, well, over here in Ireland, we're not getting it. But I find it hard to... I understand that... Um, you can't blame Ireland uh, about this. It's part of Europe and it's frust- it must be very frustrating for all of Europe because the states now really have got, got behind it. I'll give you an example. Um, I walked into a pharmacy the other day before I left and there they were. Any pharmacy can get it now, but they really set it up and to be able to be ready when it did issue it because Giant Stadium, the Met Stadium, um, the Javits Centre. I mean, no matter where you go, you're not going to do 70 million a day in, in New York City or anywhere around the country unless you're set up. So the secret here, I think, for Ireland is to make sure they're ready for it when, because they are rolling in from what we hear that in the next few weeks, they will get a huge, a lot more of them. And um, so the secret is are to be ready to issue the vaccines when they do become available. John, with a fair wind at your back, when do you expect to be back in terms of levels of business when would you expect to be back to pre-pandemic levels? You know, as I said, it's going to take a while. We are coming back, but it's not just going to come back automatically. It's um, I We are hoping, as I said, we'll get to a lot of leisure business during the summer, mainly from intern, internally through across the United States, again, because international travel is, is locked down. But I hope in the autumn then we get a see a, a, a international travel opening, I hope, and we'll get back. I would say it will be next May or June before we get back. I really do think it'll be May or June before we get back to where we were at 90% occupancy, I mean, you know. So I think we'll, it'll work its way up there slowly, but it'll be next May or June um, before we get back to where we were. That's May or June of next year, I presume. And what about room rates, John? When, when might they get back to the levels you had before the pandemic? Well, that's the reason why I say May or June of 2022, because I'm looking at my rev par. I think our occupancy will jump very quickly, but the room rate at the moment is very low. It's way down. I mean, you know, you're getting room rates down in New York at the moment of 120 and some hotels that are, you know, much larger and probably wouldn't have a good repeat business are down below $100 at the moment. But we see that coming back quickly because, as I said, with the 400 hotels that are closed, when the business does start coming back, um, there is going to be, thank God, a little bit of pressure on hotel rooms. In the Grand Central Hotel, our one on 44th Street, the Grand Hyatt is shut down right opposite me. I'm 100 yards from that and um, it's got 900 rooms and it's got a, a double bonus to us. But not only is it, is it shutting down, but it's never going to open as a hotel again. It's going to open as an office building. So when those offices are all converted, it will double our, our business. So you'll see the W150 Street gone and the Roosevelt, very famous hotel 
that's been around, you know, a landmark, that's shutting down as well for office space. That's over 1,500 rooms and that's within maybe 400 yards of my hotel. So there's hotels all around us that um, we know will not open again. And um, so that will put pressure on the, on the rooms, which means it will put pressure on the room rate. It's interesting that they're being converted into offices when we're told everybody's predicting the death of the office because of remote working and hybrid working and so forth. Yeah, well, look, this is my personal opinion. I, I, I've heard all those stories and we all believe them. I really don't think in the short term, yes, that will happen. But I think people want to get back to their offices, especially young people. We see it already in our in the Grand Central Hotel. Our bar is really busy after work. And as you hear, there's many young office people coming back. Um, and you can hear them in the bar saying, God, great to be back. And even when they come into our front desk and say, we're back, we're back. Because, you know, there's a bit of novelty working from home at the beginning and not having to get up too early in the morning. But, you know, as the days go on and the weeks and the months and you're working out, especially if someone's working out of an apartment, you know, a two-bedroom apartment or whatever, or people who have got kids, there has to be a separation between work and family. I really do. And I think people then, even we took for granted after work, you don't need to drop in for a pint somewhere or, or a cup of coffee with someone at lunchtime. That's all socialising. And if that stops, people are they just feel they're, as you say, every day is a Monday. You know what I mean? So I think in the long term, that will come back. Certain industries may decide to um, not come back fully, but I, I, I've already seen it ourselves that people want to get back to their office and get out. Yeah, sure. I know, John, that in your hotel in Grand Central, you've implemented a lot of changes uh, to deal with COVID, you know, wearing masks and extra cleaning and various other protocols. How long do you think we're going to be living with those kind of restrictions? Well, look, I think we've We'll be living with them for a while because everybody has to get vaccinated. And even if you're vaccinated, they still don't know if you are a carrier. So you have to be careful. I, I'd see us, there's some stuff that we are, some of the things we're doing, like temperature checks and things like that. I'm doing it main way eventually go. But we're looking at the moment is air ventilation and, you know, changing the amount of air per hour in the room. I think that will always be there. I think it's a good thing because we're all upgrading um, our systems to make sure that we've got healthy, you know, good air flowing through it. But also travel, if you think of it, you know, we all wear masks uh, everywhere now. I guarantee you when this is all over, I travel on airplanes so much and, and a lot of us have said the same. I'll always wear a mask on an airplane from now on because it's not COVID. It's how many times we traveled and we've end up with a flu or a headache or a, something a week later. So I think some people will, will continue these things for a long time to come. And as I said, for me traveling, I'll always wear a mask on an airplane because the amount of flus and headaches I got used to get going back and forth. And it's just kind of woke us up to certain things, you know. Yeah, sure. Okay, John, finally, uh, you've had your two doses of the Moderna vaccine. So have you booked holidays for yourself? You're free to go anywhere you want now, really, aren't you? I am indeed, but it's like everything else. You get excited at the beginning, but until everybody else gets their vaccine, you know, it's so we're all hoping and whatever we can do to, to get everyone vaccinated. But as a, the message I just give to everyone is that, you know, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people back in Ireland, they're down the dumps a bit about it, but I no, once the vaccines start rolling out, it'll immediately, the, the change will happen very quickly. But we all got to behave ourselves and we all have to just wait for that to happen. And But um, no doubt about it, late September, October, I'm definitely hoping to get away for a, for a week or two and um, get back to some sort of normal life. 
All right, John, listen, we wish you uh, every continued success. Good luck with the reopening of the Manhattan Hotel and, and maybe we'll get you back onto Inside Business uh, some months down the road to see how that's gone for you. Kieran, thank you and delighted to be on and looking forward to the 26th of April when we open the doors of 57th Street. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to John Fitzpatrick for joining me on the show. This week's episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.